Happy Thanksgiving week. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Your gobbles are terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. Can you tell what we're doing today, please? Yes, I will. So we are doing our annual Thanksgiving thankful book. Yes. Hashtag thankful for audiobooks. Yes. And what we like to do is each of us will listen to a book that is personal to us and we will share it with the other and share it with you guys. And so uh, Brad will be going first in our little thankful round up. Yeah. All right. So the first book that we're doing today, which is my thankful book, is called Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda, written by Becky Albertalli. Becky. Becky. Narrated by Michael Crouch. Michael Crouch. I say his name (sighs) so gently and innocently. There's hearts drawn around his name. Yes. Yes, there are. Uh, Sorry, Eddie. Slap yourself. (laughs) The publisher is Harper Audio. The audiobook release date was April 7th, 2015. The duration is six hours and 45 minutes, and the genre is LGBT plus. LGBT? That sounded very French when you said that. LGBT? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a biscuit. Friendship, gay and lesbian. Yeah, I don't know why it was listed (laughs) twice on Amazon. I guess because it focuses more on the gay aspect and lesbian aspect of the LGBT. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. There was a lot of bisexual stuff in there. That makes sense. But anyway. And then another genre is Bradley's Heart. <laughs> it's just nestled in there. <laughs> tucked away. Put to bed. <laughs> so the summary is taken from Amazon. 16-year-old and not-so-openly-gay Simon Spear prefers to save his drama for the school musical. But when an email falls into the wrong hands, his secret is at risk of being thrust into the spotlight. Now, Simon is actually being blackmailed. If he doesn't play wingman for the class clown Martin, his sexual identity will become everyone's business. Martin have to become the class clown Ugh. because his name is Martin. Marty. Ugh. Worse, the privacy of Blue, the pen name of the boy he's been emailing with, will be compromised. Mmm. With some messy dynamics emerging in his once tight-knit group of friends and his email correspondence with Blue growing more flirtatious every day, Simon's junior year has suddenly gotten all kinds of complicated. Now, change averse, Simon has to find a way to step out of his comfort zone before he's pushed out without alienating his friends, compromising himself, or fumbling a shot at happiness with the most confusing, adorable guy he's never met. Oh, snap. I bet it's Marty. Oh! That's a no from Brad. (laughs) I can't tell you that. No, you can't. And you shouldn't. No. Mm. So tell me why you're thankful for this book. Yes. So I am thankful for this book because, number one, it is written... By a woman. Yeah, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because my first thought was like, oh, no, I want a gay man writing about a gay man's story. But <laughs> did you have your Bud Li- Budweiser beer and you were like in your wife beater tank top? Yes, with a little umbrella coming out of it, too. 
<laughs> I want a man writing this a, book. I want a gay man. I want a gay man. Nobody knows gay men like gay man. America. <laughs> but no, I I really I found it just awesome that someone that probably normally writes and I have not read anything else from Becky, but she probably writes other stories about other love relationships. And she was like, no, this is no different. Mm -hmm. This is just a teen love coming of age story where the main character is just is gay. And it's, it was just very eye opening that there are other people out in the world that can tell this story that many people have had difficulty telling themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, she's the ultimate ally. And another reason I'm thankful for this book is because this was my story, but of course told in a different way. But I was outed for my family because of an email correspondence. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that. So let me tell you the story of Bradley's coming out. Available on Lifetime. <laughs> uh, so of course I've told my friends at this point, um, and the only people that I haven't told yet was my family. And so I was home one night and I was emailing. I had this pen pal from another country and I wasn't doing anything dirty with him. I was just talking to him and we were talking about the idea of like all of a sudden we were writing and, all, and then he said, but do you know any gay people in your, in your work, in your country? And I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm gay. Why? Or whatever. And that just, I can't kind of came out to him. And he was like, oh, I think I'm gay too. What's it like for you? And we sat there and talked about our experiences. I never, I was never in love with him to the point of Simon was in love with, with Blue. He was not your Blue. Yeah, we never flirted, but it was more like we were just sharing stories. Yeah, you both were at a, the same point in your life where you were unsure mm -hmm. about yourself, but you were already accepting of yourself. Exactly. And... He was telling me the struggles that he had with t coming out to his family. And I, of course, shared the same thing. My family's not super religious, but I saw my older cousin come out and he was kind of like, he. I'm not going to say he was pushed off to the side, but he, it was definitely a, the tone shifted with him. Mm. And he went off to New York and the family was just like, eh, we're not going to bend over backwards to make him happy if he's having this roommate. And it was always when he came to visit, it was always like, oh, his friend's here. My, it was mostly my grandparents who kind of ha had this idea. And I didn't want to be that person to come out. And then I don't, I don't want to have my boyfriend eventually be called a friend. So I just kind of laid low. And when the email was happening, I don't know what happened, but I think I was like, it was my Verizon account. And I guess the same thing, the exact same thing happened with Simon and Marty, Martin, whatever. His name. I, I call him Marty, but whatever. But Martin. Martin was in the school library and Simon was like emailing and Martin was like, he like pulled up the computer, the, the email account and it automatically signed in from oh. Simon's account. And so Martin, obviously, and this is like from the first like page of the book. But Martin, like, takes a screenshot of it, and then that's how he blackmails Simon. And what happened with me was my sister was using my computer at the time, and she logged on to the computer, and I guess she logged into Verizon or whatnot, and my email came up with her. And she read my pen pal emails, and she was like, oh my god, this is, this is 
how, you know, in, in, in my impediment pal emails, I said that I told my friends about this and mm-hmm. I haven't told my family. And she was like, this is, unho- this is ridiculous. I can't believe you haven't trusted us. And I can't believe that you didn't tell your, your family. And she held it against me. And she eventually kind of said like, I'm going to tell mom if you don't tell her. And we didn't talk. Me and my sister did not talk for like two weeks after that. And my mom was like asking, she was like, why aren't you and your sister talking? What's going on? And one day I was, I was like, mom, I'm gay. Of course, then the problems came because she was not very happy about it. And I think the first thing that I remember her saying was, well, I'm not going to tell any of our family members about this. And that was actually one of the worries that one of the characters had was the parent was was not going to tell anybody about it. They were too ashamed of it. And that's what my mom said. And then over time, like, of course, it was very awkward afterwards and then over time, now it's better. It's 100% better. And I think also my my choice of partner kind of made that better because my mom loves Eddie. But now it's not even an issue. Like, it's just, oh, you're with Eddie. You're going to, you know, I mean, we've moved in. We've been together for almost eight years now. So it's kind of like she's over it and she's happy with, with me. And she's not embarrassed of me anymore because now my whole entire family knows. And so just reading this book really kind of struck a chord with me. Right. I was like, damn, damn emails. but do you feel i know it's never good to be outed before you're ready to share that but do you feel like it helped you by her finding it so do you feel like it was a little bit different from martin yeah i mean it definitely helped me in a way of i didn't have to come out to my sister my sister found me you know found me out i mean i never really have ever said yeah i'm gay to my sister right it's always now it's just like oh that's that's what i found and we've had discussions about this she she regrets doing it she was like you know we're we're good now and she's like i wish i never did that to you i wish i never outed you and i do bring it up to her i'm like "Mm, i never got that chance because you took it away from me and i do kind of harbor some resentment about that but it's not resentment that's going to make or break a relationship exactly um it's just kind of one of those like missed opportunity yeah type feelings i guess yeah and so i think i'm just thankful for this story being out there because it's kind of like my life as well and of course in a different context but uh, social media and you know the computer stuff i don't know what yeah you call emails nowadays emails oh well anyway they ruin <laughs> lives <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> they, they email google i'm gonna sue you google i'm gonna sue you uh no we're not no we're not so yeah th- that's why i'm thankful for this book and also another thing is the mother in the book is a psychologist Ooh. and it's funny because i gave I, I gave some crap to becky on twitter when i was live tweeting the book and i said becky why you gotta make the psychologist quote unquote weird and uh what was that word that she used weird and quirky obsessive oh obsessive yeah she in the book simon calls his mother we oh she's a psychologist weird and obsessive or something like that along the oh lines. so he equated being a psychologist yes. with her personality yes and so i said becky why you got to be making the mom a, a, the psychologist in the book weird and obsessive and she comes she comments back she was like you know I was a psychologist, right? <laughs> I was like, ah, I know. I did not know that. But it was awesome because most parents, for instance, the book that comes to mind is 13 Reasons Why. Oh, Becky should have wrote that book. 
and they should they they sometimes make psychologists not the smartest people yeah and i really enjoyed hearing when simon did eventually come out to his parents like it was just so nice and the the dad had the most dad reaction like loving dad reaction and it was just it was just really funny to to listen to and the book also talks about race which is awesome because I had no idea. I did not expect, let's just say, the person that you don't you don't know yet until the end of the book is a different race. And it's like, oh my God, I was not expecting that. And it makes no, it doesn't make a difference because I already fell in love with them, you know? Right. So it was just, oh my God, it was so good. What did you think about the, well, I already know what you think about the narrator, but what do you think about the narrator? <sighs> Michael. Michael, Michael, Michael. Me and Michael go back. Um, <laughs> Michael and Bradley. <laughs> Bradley Crouch. Mm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey, we'd have the same initials. Yeah. Uh, but no, I really, really enjoyed Michael's narration. He reminded me of Andrew Garfield. Mm. His voice was just so... It was so sensitive and it matched Simon's voice perfectly. Like when Simon was mad... Michael was mad, but it was still in this very innocent way. When he did narrations for the girls, it was just like this sassy and sarcastic way, which was really good because the the female characters, which were Simon's friends, you can imagine them as being the sassy girls that no wonder why Michael's attracted to their friendship is because, you know, us gay guys like our sassy girls, you know? <laughs> So it was it was really it was really awesome to listen to him narrate every character. I really really enjoyed his voice for the parents, especially the dad, because mm-hmm. I I just loved when the dad was speaking. The dad was really funny. There was this joke that the dad says in the book. He says, "When you were younger, I, I don't know the word for word, but he was like, when you were younger, you were always on your mom's boob." So it's funny how you're you're gay now. Like you're always about you were always a boob about the boobs. You were a boob man. And the way Michael read the line, I was like laughing hysterically. <laughs> and it, it's not even like a super super clever joke, but right. it was just the way he pulled me in with his narration with different characters. I was just like, oh my god, I love every character in this book. Oh, that's awesome. That's and, really cool. And there weren't any weird pauses or and the transitions were perfectly done. You can definitely tell Michael is a seasoned narrator. That's awesome. I think that makes all the difference between a book like that has this sort of subject matter. Because mm-hmm. again, like 13 Reasons Why, we didn't really fall in love mm-hmm. with the narrators. And I feel like that also destroyed the writing even more. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that Michael elevated Becky's work to an even higher standard. And we know that... Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda is now becoming a movie called Love, Simon. Mm-hmm. Love, comma, Simon. And I loved Michael's narration so much. I was like, I want Michael to be in this movie some way, shape, or form. Right. I know he can't be Simon, but I want him in this movie. Could he be the dad? Like, what's his no, age range? I'm a, I'm happy with the dad's pick, Josh oh. Duhamel. Oh. Yes. Mm, I would climb him. I think you guys are about the same height, so would no, be I think he's bigger climb. than me. You think so? I think so. I think he's like seven foot. You'd be like a koala on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's seven foot. I think so. I think so. I mean, I think that's a vast exaggeration. But... Maybe six five. <laughs> <laughs> but I know he's really tall. 
Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm really happy with the dad pic. But I think... He's single now, right? I think so. And Fergie? Call me Josh. (laughs) (laughs) I want everyone in this book. Love Uh, Brad. Love Brad. (laughs) But yeah, so I really want Michael to be in this movie some some way. Mm -hmm. That would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten the inside scoop from Bex? No, but she did say things are going to be changed up in the book. However, she really likes the changes and she thinks they work better on the, in the film. That's cool. And she says it's a very good adaptation of the book. She said many people, all adaptations are going to be different from the book, obviously. But she said this one is very loyal to it. Oh, that's good. So I'm excited. And I found out who Blue is, who's who's going to be playing Blue in the movie. And I'm really excited about that. I don't want you to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil so it. I don't want you to tell me. But, oh my God, I love it. That sounds like it's going to be a really good, really, really, really good film. Really, really, really good. Really good. And let's, other details about the book. The book was six hours and 45 minutes, like I said. And I think that was the perfect length. And it was just really short and sweet. And again, I listened to this book at jury duty my first day. Oh, my God. Finished Did you finish it? it? I finished it oh in, at gosh. jury duty. I was there for the whole eight hours. And, of course, I had to stop and pause because the bailiffs were talking. Mm. And I had to, like, you know, decide on a case. I'm just yeah, yeah, you're suddenly a lawyer going to jury duty. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was, I never got called. But I had to keep pausing for when the bailiffs were calling the numbers. And I finished this book the enti- for the entire time of sitting there. And I was just like, the whole time I was like, oh my God, I love this. Ah! Making noises. And all these people were like, what is wrong with that boy? Is he trying to get out of jury duty by talking to himself <laughs> over being there? being crazy. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to get out of jury duty, bring your audiobook and make noises. Make noises because you will look like a crazy person. Yay. <laughs> uh, so that is my review. And I guess we'll answer the big question at the end. Or do you want me to answer it now? Um. Well, first, I want to know what was because I even though it was written by a female, I keep getting the feeling that it's like biographical almost mm. like it's a. Like a real person. I don't know why. I keep mm-hmm. getting this kind of like help book mm-hmm. feel from it. Well, when I was reading, because when she, when Becky told me that she was a clinical psychologist, I like looked on her website, which is a really good website. I love it. Oh, I love an author that has a good website. It's very interactive. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. And one of her facts, she like, homegirl likes facts, FAQs. I guess that's another trait of being a psychologist. Ever she she loves facts. She wrote the, she wrote the facts for Simon the love Simon the book or the movie. But anyway, she mentioned why is this book like kind of just about why she chose to wrote, write a book about a gay character. And she used to work with youth. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm I'm not going to say it's autobiographical, but I think she's definitely experienced. In some way, shape, or form, about like coming out, and right. she's probably had a client before that shared a story, and she was like, "Oh wow, I want to write from this perspective," and she really hit it on the nail. Like, That's really cool. The feelings, just the experiences that a young sixteen-year-old boy coming out. In my opinion, sixteen is pretty young. I didn't come out till I was nineteen, twenty. To your family, right? To my family. Okay. But still, I was a, maybe senior year when I came out completely to my friends. Right? I mean... I mean, when you said it. When I said it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, you were flirting with that one boy pretty hard before you came out. <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing, Simon. I was like, how do you not fall in love with straight boys? He, he he made a comment. He was like, how does he not turn them? Uh, that's true. That is true. I mean, that's that's Simon number two. Yes. You mm. can write from that experience. <laughs> <laughs> Done it. <laughs> Check. Uh, you know who you are. <laughs> I was going to give us a moment of silence so that person could reflect on their life and their choices. Uh, but yeah, so I really think she got a lot of her material from experiences that she's had with kids. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's awesome, too. I mean, it's an excellent thing to pull from, too. Yes, Because yes. if any of the kids that she saw or anything see her name and they pick up her book and that one kid that maybe didn't does she still do it does she is she still she said in, the field? in her tweet she said i was was a clinical psychologist up until recently okay so i think she's hung up the psychologist coat okay or hat or whatever that saying is so she may have had a client that didn't get to finish out their necessary time with her mm-hmm. and maybe this book will help them if yeah. they're in the same boat or even if they're not i mean it sounds like a book that it sounds like there are so many other facets there's the teenage aspect to it of teenagers that need help yeah just because he's gay doesn't mean you can't relate mm-hmm. to him and i think what the best thing about this book is is that it's just if you read it going into it going into it thinking it's just a love story that's yeah, what it is exactly and there's a lot of friendship i, I like when the friendship was added on there because it talks a lot about what you what you can do in a friendship to extend it. There's a lot of insecurities in the book about mm-hmm. friendship in general. There's this one character who gets really, really upset that Simon doesn't tell her that he's oh, gay. Oh, yeah. There's another character that comes up to him. And I I tweeted this one. This tweet got one of my live tweets got a lot of, a lot of hits on this one because a lot of women were like, yeah. <laughs> but one character comes to Simon because Simon... The, when Martin blackmails Simon, he's trying to get with somebody, one of Mar- of one of Simon's friends. And mm. Simon's like, "Okay, I'll let I'll try to hook you guys up because I don't want my story to be told by someone that's not me." Right. And so that girl comes back and says, "This is not your life. My my love life is not something you get to play with." Right. And she, homegirl read him to filth. That is so good. And another that's that's another aspect of this book is it's not just about him being gay. It's about friendship and yeah, like I said earlier, race and there's like parenting and just challenge other everyday challenges, mm-hmm. bullying. So it's really just oh my god, it's it so really good. covers everything. And it sounds like a book that is going to join the ranks of other books that one day make it possible to where the focus doesn't have to be on him being gay yeah it doesn't have to be a coming out story Mm -hmm. or anything like that he doesn't have to hide exactly they can just pick up the pen the thing can be the difficulties of meeting up with your pen pal Mm -hmm. and meeting up with the boy that you fell in love with over email exactly and i i think that's what i like about how they're selling the movie Mm -hmm. is i think more and more people are realizing that it's a it's a gay themed movie however the the teasers and the trailers that are out right now all it is is about the 16-year-old boy, he's fallen in love, and now he has all these other things that he's ha- having to deal with in his life. Right. And never talks about him being gay. Right. And I think I like that because they're, I think they're trying to set up the audience to make people want to come see it. And mm-hmm. then when they get in the movie theater, this is a gay movie. And then, but still not care because yeah, they've already Yeah, hopefully people fallen won't love. even say that because it's really not a big deal. Exactly. 
So whew, that was that's my thankful book. That's a good one. That's really good. Any other questions? I don't think I have any. Okay. Because I'm really excited to hear about yours. Well, I really liked yours, so I want to listen to it. Yes. Because oh my God. even Eddie listened to this. He listened to it before me. He listened to a book that wasn't a, a book about definitions? Yes. He listened to it before <laughs> me. And he said, for like a month, he was like, did you read Simon yet? Did you read Simon? Did you read Simon? I was like, I can't believe Eddie's beating me to a book. <laughs> Ugh. But... That's Simon's actually a book that he got from our Audible 30 day oh. trial. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. He's using those two free books. Two free books. Mm. So, yes, to, but to answer our question, I think I'm going to answer it now. Okay. I would shelf the H out of this book. Would that be hell? Yes. Hell, okay. Hell. Hell. <laughs> I would shelf it so hard that there was a <laughs> hole in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> well there will be some sticky pages hey michael <laughs> <laughs> unnecessarily sticky because <laughs> you were eating a starburst yes this isn't after dark some sticky headphones um uh, <laughs> okay we've made it too too weird now yeah maybe psychologists are weird we are we really are because we don't get to talk much <laughs> You have a whole platform that you're talking <laughs> to stop it. It just comes out. Uh. Also, I find it hard to believe that when your kids are sharing, you're not sitting there being like. Oh, I give some side eye. Like today, some I was, he, this little boy was like, oh, I like to beat up on fourth graders. I said, what you talking about fourth graders? You like me beating up you? I th- probably <laughs> and then you sh- sat on him? Yes. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that, but whatever. Whatever. <laughs> How's he going to learn? How's he going to learn? <laughs> anyway, so I'd shelf this. Awesome. Yes. That's cool. And I'll have to borrow it. Yes, definitely. So what did you do? So, okay. A little information before I start. I am a big Dick Van Dyke fan. Me too, but just not the Van Dyke. Ah! I'm just going <laughs> to, I really do like Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I feel like you have to say his name fast because if you're like, I'm a fan of Dick Van Dyke, then it's just a little awkward. Yeah, and homoerotic. Yeah. If you like to use Homo sapiens. Um derogatory names for lesbians. So I'm a big fan of Dick Van Dyke. And <laughs> <laughs> and so I read one of his autobiographies, Keep Moving. And I have to say that I really liked it. I'll give you the full stats. But I just wanted to say I really, really liked this book. I could tell. Mm-hmm. You were using all kinds of hearts when you were live tweeting it. I was. I was wishing for him to at least favor a tweet, but it's okay. Mm. I'll forgive you, DVD. I forgive you, Dickie. That's actually what his nickname was. Yeah. No. Did you listen to this too? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like, yeah. But I think I've heard about it. I've heard of him. Probably. People calling him Dickie before. Probably. Which just seems odd. Because it reminds me of Dickie Roberts, former child star. Yes. And then, I love that movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch it over and oh, over. Sounds a good movie. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, I haven't even shared the stats. So the title is Keep Moving and Other Tips and Truths About Aging. The author is Dick Van Dyke. The narrator is Dick Van Dyke. So you get to hear his adorable adorable voice throughout the entire novel the publisher was blackstone audio inc and the release date was october 13th 
Mm-hmm. So we have two 2015 books. Oh, wow. And the duration is five hours and 20 minutes. So if... That's a good time. Yeah. It, it was... It went by really, really quickly. And the genre is longevity, entertainers and celebrities, and memoir. Oh, and Britney's heart. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> fluttering. So the summary is, this is an autobiography, so it's going to be kind of information heavy, but I'll still read it just because. In this entertaining and inspirational memoir, Hollywood legend Dick Van Dyke shares his secret to staying resilient in old age. Beloved Hollywood icon Dick Van Dyke will celebrate his 90th birthday in December 2015. That's great. He's going to be 92 now. He's an established legend, having starred in Mary Poppins, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and The Dick Van Dyke Show. And yet he's still keeping himself busy, entertaining America on television, in movies, on the stage, and on social media. Everyone wonders, how does he do it? For the first time, Van Dyke shares his secrets and tips on old age. Just keep moving. With a fun and folksy way of addressing its audience, Keep Moving serves as an instruction audiobook on how to embrace old age with a positive attitude. Chapters are filled with exclusive personal anecdotes that explore various themes on aging, how to adapt to the physical and social changes, deal with loss of friends and loved ones, stay current, fall in love again, and keep moving every day like there's no tomorrow. Girl, I need this book right now just because of that summary. It is one of the most inspirational books I think I've ever read in my life. Mm. Like, it seriously just made me so happy to read because personally when my birthday comes i hate it i Mm -hmm. despise it i'm like oh i'm getting older i don't like it but when friends are saying oh i'm so old i'm 28 my god everything hurts all Mm -hmm. the time i can't do this i'm just like stop Mm -hmm. like just have a positive attitude because seriously if you don't believe in the number you're gonna be fine Mm -hmm. like it's gonna be okay And so I think I'm kind of a hypocrite because I hate aging, but I hate when my friends are down on themselves about getting older Mm -hmm. because it's, it really is a gift to to age. Yeah. So I think this book gave me a perspective that I didn't know that I needed because I now feel differently about growing older. And it also, so I have had like the feeling of, of existential crises for years since I was like four or five years old. Mm. I would have these things where I would be like, this life is a movie. Mm -hmm. At any moment, someone's going to say stop and my real life is going to start. And I always, when it didn't happen, I would always feel this like sense of great loss and this loneliness. And of course I didn't know what it was at four or five years old, Mm -hmm. but it just, would make me feel really sad and I asked my dad about it when I was really little and I think it was like the third or fourth time it happened and he said I get those too and it's totally fine it's normal you're okay there's nothing abnormal about it it's just what happens and so I would I still get them Mm -hmm. I still get those moments of just being like this is all that that's this is life like what am I doing here? Like, I don't understand. But through knowing that other people go through it and through hearing how Dick Van Dyke at least deals with it, it has helped me kind of put what my dad said to me and what happens now together and to just sort of feel okay with Hmm. life and with how everything is going. 
and to learn to appreciate and respect and love and just take things slow. And if I'm not having fun with something, why am I going to keep doing it? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of what the book really spoke to me about and also just respecting elders, which I did anyway. But mm-hmm. and it was kind of like sad too. Mm. The book was a little bit sad because he goes over what it's like to be lonely and lose your loved ones and not have the same friends anymore. Mm. But he just keeps going. That's deep. Yeah. I feel like I talked for a no. really long time and it might not have made sense. No, but... I was involved. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> I, I... No, no, it just sounds so inspiring. And then I'm sitting there thinking, how does he keep going? And now I want to read what he shared with you. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the biggest thing in this book was that when he was 40, he was working on a movie. I can't remember if it was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or um, another movie. Uh, I can't remember. But he had an injury and he mm-hmm. went to the doctor and they took some scans and his doctor found out that he was head to toe covered in arthritis Mm. and that the doctor said you're going to be using a walker in four or five years at 40 this person told dick van dyke that he was going to be in a walker Mm -hmm. by the time he was 45 and he said that he wasn't going to accept that and he got up in the doctor's office and he started dancing (laughs) yeah and the doctor was just like how are you doing this? Like, this is unnatural, kind mm-hmm. of. And he was like, I can't. I can't stop doing this. He loved life. He loved traveling. And he loved doing all the things that he wanted to do. Dancing, singing, uh, having fun with his dog and his wife. Mm-hmm. And just his kids. His, You know, he, he was raising children, too. And he just kept kept at it. Mm. And he said now if he ever feels like a pang of arthritis, he pops a Vicodin and just goes. Do it. Yeah. If you have it, do it. <laughs> it was it was just really, really cool because I certainly do not feel like I am 28 right now. I say that I'm 28 and I may occasionally act like I'm 28, but I feel like I'm 18 still. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can do anything in the world that this is, there's just so many opportunities. And I mean, why do I have to limit myself just because I am 28? Yep. That's true. I mean, growing up, I always had this like biological clock right. thing where I need to be married. I need to have a kid right. by this time. And Yes, it helps by dating someone younger, <laughs> only by three and a half years. But still, it's it changes because I'm like, I'm not 25 and I'm not married yet. What is wrong with me? Right. But then I realize I'm 28 and I don't need to be married. And I don't feel sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I feel 29. <laughs> my knees crack. My, I waddle to the bathroom. Yeah. But when I'm out of the bathroom for the day, I'm like, I'm not 28. Mm hmm. I really, I really enjoyed that pr- perspective because yeah. I think we all need that sometimes. Yeah. And it, it, each part that he talks about, he talks about a lot of stuff and he talks about his life and it's not all about aging gracefully or anything like that. He goes over a lot of different things, but I think there's honestly something in this for everybody. 
And I think if you're young or you're middle-aged or you're you're already old, there is something for you to take away from this. We're going to Ireland mm-hmm. and we're going um, in about two weeks. No, week and a half. And my mom, for some reason, says that she just found out. But I totally told her when we first booked it. But whatever, mom. <laughs> she told my grandma. My grandma called me. Uh-huh. And she said, oh, I'm so jealous. I have a friend that's from Ireland and, you know, I... They say that it's just as beautiful as all the pictures and the Mm -hmm. pictures don't even do it justice. I'm so jealous. And I just wish in that moment that I had all of the money in the world Mm -hmm. and could take my grandma with me because it's like she's jealous, but she can go. Yeah. Like that's I just want to like put my family on planes and Mm -hmm. take them on these journeys because I don't think I don't think my mom's been out of the country except to Canada, which doesn't count, mom. (laughs) And I don't think that my grandma did. I don't think that my great-grandma did. Mm -hmm. And then my great-great-grandma, I mean, she came from Austria. So it was traveling by year, I guess. Yeah. That's interesting to think about because and I I think what you're touching on is, yes, she is able to still go today, but there are parts of her life that were... I don't want to say excuses, but reasons why yeah. she can't. And, yeah. and you don't want to get to that point of saying, I, I don't want to have a reason to not do yeah, something I want to do. I want to keep doing it. And a good quote from the book that he had said was that memories don't mean much. It's the experiences that mm-hmm. you take. And I really enjoy that because I, I'm seeing like both perspectives at the moment because my grandma is older. She is feeling older and she is feeling like she also can't do these things. And Mm -hmm. so she has these excuses too of I can't do this. But I mean, I really want my mom and my grandma and everyone in my family to listen to this book because maybe it'll make them go, he's right. Mm -hmm. I need to stop making excuses and I need to just, I mean, my grandma is incredible. She does so many things. She definitely keeps moving. But I wish that they would be able to travel more. Yeah. Because, I mean, this world doesn't mean much if you can't see it. You exactly. Know? Uh, you mentioned Ireland and how your, your grandmother wanted to go. My mom has always wanted to go to Ireland. But with my dad being disabled and just a nuisance sometimes, because he right. is. <laughs> God love him, but he is. He would It would kind of ruin that experience for her. And I, right. I think one day when we're all like, settled and financially stable um i would love to take my mom on a trip maybe just even me and her to yeah. go oh that would be so cool she needs to see it and she's not a big traveler she's not a big like she she doesn't believe in living life to the fullest because of her, the circumstances that she has but i think that's one thing that she's ready and willing to to go as long as we figure out a good plan mm-hmm. and somebody stick my dad with somebody yeah <laughs> I mean, it's easy to tell yourself, I can't do this. And it's way harder to just go and buy the ticket Mm -hmm. and take the time off work and to find the necessary things that will um, help everything along. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if you just take those first steps, everything will honestly fall into place with it. And you'll be able to experience something that you never, ever thought was possible. Mm-hmm. I certainly never dreamt that I'd be going to Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I'm still young. Like, we still yeah. have all these things. But it was just a plan. 
Sean and I were like, we want to travel before we start having children. Mm-hmm. So let's let's, let's go. And I think I think that's why you are really resonating with this book is because mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke inspires you to do those things. Yes. Yeah. And, and and really this book came to me at a point in time when I'm really questioning things that I'm doing in my life, like mm-hmm. my job and everything. And it was just a good reminder to remember that I'm my own person mm-hmm. and that I have things I want to do and that I I, can't, I need to stop making excuses and I need to just do them because if I'm living life in this sort of worry, anxiety-filled bubble, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get anywhere. What did, You tweeted something. It, was it a quote from him? Probably. That was really powerful. You said something about if you're worrying, if you're living a worry life and a guilty life, then you're not really living. Yeah. And that really struck a chord with me. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that quote entirely, I thought he was speaking to me because mm-hmm. I was like, that's me. I get anxious over everything. Yes. I'm getting worse and worse as I age with anxiety. Exactly. Like, I worry about every little thing. Today, I was worrying about when just sitting there looking at cars. I was worrying. And I was like, I need to stop. Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? This mm-hmm. is not helping me whatsoever. Mm. And so it... I think that there's something really special in this book for everybody. And I think that anybody, no matter who you are, how old you are, can learn something. Mm-hmm. The 18-year-olds that think, I'm 18, and that, that 25-year-old is old. She's mm. in the dirt. Like, why, yes. is, why is she even trying? She's not young. You need to listen to this mm-hmm. book because you are going to be 90 years old very soon Mm -hmm. and you're going to have an 18 year old coming up to you and disrespecting you and you're not going to like it very much exactly i mean people don't realize how fast time Mm -hmm. goes by another thing that brought to my mind when you were talking about how this book has inspired you and being still in your 20s yes i might say that i'm tired and oh i gotta go to bed early because i'm getting old i need to stop saying that I need to say I'm going to bed early because I'm going to do a new experience tomorrow. Yes. And I'm and I'm not going to do the same old story, go to the bar or go to the the movie theater if that's a normal thing you do. I I want to go go to this winery, go to this sky zone place or Yeah. Or like go do this hiking trip, go zip lining. I've never been zip lining. I did, I did it this summer. And that just opened my eyes to new experiences. And I don't want to do that whole same pattern. And then my friends text me saying, oh, why are you going to bed so early? Because I'm going to go live life tomorrow. Exactly. And another good thing that he said, which, you know, we is, is cliche and we've heard all the time, is to not worry about tomorrow. You have to worry about today because tomorrow may not come. Mm. You, you don't know. And so it's it's really – it's enlightening to hear that from somebody who – at the time that he wrote this, was 89 years old Mm. and was still living as if his greatest adventure was still out there. Yeah. And it was was just really, really strong because, I mean, we certainly still have the friends that their perfect Saturday night is at a Chili's in Arundel Mills. Exactly. And that's not our life anymore. Mm-hmm. I have too many shits from Chili's. I know, right? Okay. It's like we've done that and, and the experiences that we had, like one of the things he talked about is as you get older, you give up certain things. And he was talking about it at a different point 
at, at like a different point of view is like he started getting winded so he had to give up te- uh, tennis mm-hmm. and then um he had to eventually give up sailing which was one of his great loves and it like pained him to give up but have he ever, had to do it have you ever been sailing yes most scariest thing of my life. It really is. <laughs> like, holy shit. It really is, but it's fun. Especially when so you learn, fun. like, what to do. Oh, God, so it's, it's scary, though. <laughs> it is terrifying. Um, especially when, like, people fall overboard and you don't. Yes. <laughs> it's so great. But, like, he was talking about having to give that up. And, like, in a different capacity to that, when you're 18 to 22, you just want to go out and you want to party and you want to have fun with your friends. Mm -hmm. And then when you're 23 to 30, you're getting married and you're having kids and Mm -hmm. that's your new life. Yeah. But I feel for us, we just want to take on a new sort of attitude with things and that attitude is adventuring Mm -hmm. and so we're growing out of the different things that we've gone through in the past yep like partying and everything Mm -hmm. that's no longer as fun i would rather sit home and craft exactly yeah i never did before but all of a sudden i'm looking up these ideas and i'm bonding with my loved ones crafting exactly i'd rather do that that's a new experience it's a memory yeah and sometimes i would much rather just stay at home and watch hallmark movies with my mom exactly it's something that we're doing together and mm-hmm. it's something that I didn't ever think that we would do. Yeah. But it's way more entertaining than going out and getting drunk and doing that whole bar scene. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So the quote that he had said about anxiety was, the less you worry, the better your attitude is. And a positive, worry-free, guilt-free attitude is key to enjoying life at any age. Mm. And he also, it was funny because I've always had respect for the elders in my family. I feel like you do too. Mm -hmm. He was talking about how when you're old, he said when you're young, be respectful. Don't be rude and don't be, um, what was it? I think he was just saying, sit down and talk to an older person, learn from them Mm -hmm. because you never know what you could learn. And when he was saying, when you're, if you're middle-aged... Don't be afraid. Fear is worthless. It's going to happen anyway. Just get ready for it and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Then he said, if you're already old, congratulations, because you've reached a point that not many people do. Mm. Wow. That was also just something that was really nice to hear because mm-hmm. it gave something for each person, each set of age groups to look forward to. Yeah. And I just. I In just a positive way, too. In it's a very not, positive way. It's not that, oh, you're old and near 100. Mm-hmm. Now look back at your life and see if you've made you've done good. No, it's you're old, you've made it. Yeah. And I like that better than looking back and saying, oh, was it, was it good enough? <laughs> exactly. And uh, he also said that when you get old, the finish line is not clear. You may think now at, at our age that there is a clear cut um, time, like time limit. There's not. Mm-hmm. There, There is no finish line. The finish line is always a surprise. Mm, it's deep. It was a good book. I cried a lot. Mm. And you got through it in... A day. A day. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I took like... I sat down and I listened to all five hours. Wow. Just flat out. I cried. I ugly cried. Because he talks about... he He's lost uh, people in his life. Mm-hmm. He had a partner that he had for 30 years that... She passed away, and they always prepared for him to go first because he was older. 
Oh, God. But then she ended up dying first. And he said, I didn't know what to do. This wasn't the plan. Oh, my God. Are you making me cry? My mascara's running. Oh, I didn't even put mascara on because it's been running off my face. It kind of validates the one part of me that is like, live your life. Mm -hmm. Have fun. Don't worry about the creaks and the cracks. Mm -hmm. You can complain about them, but just don't put it out in the world. Thank you, Sarah Frankie, for um, long live Sarah Frankie. Long live Sarah Frankie. (laughs) (laughs) Our listeners don't even know about Sarah Frankie. (laughs) They don't, but they need to because they need to praise her. Praise Sarah Frankie. But yeah, just not putting things out in the world that are negative mm-hmm. is certainly I'll slip up. I know for sure on the drive down here, I slipped up a lot because there was some bad drivers. Oh, yes. But take your time and mm-hmm. you change your life. Yes, man. Our books were really good this year. <sighs> yeah, they were. I was struggling because I was like, I need to find a book that I'm thankful for. And I couldn't find one. I had, I think I had like four options. Yeah, you did. And I was like, I don't know which one. And then all of a sudden Simon came to me. Simon came and then you. all of a sudden, I think you always knew you're gonna do keep moving on. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, but yeah, wow, we did good. Yeah, we mm. really did. I mean, we kind of knocked it out of the park. I mean, I'm guessing you're gonna be doing your shelving. Oh, I might listen to this over and over and over again. Oh, I, I say might. I'm actually going to listen going to this to. over and over again because it was just such a powerful message, and it mm-hmm. was just a message that I want to reinforce. Over and over and over again. Mm. There's so many quotes. There's so many stories. I know you listened to Carol Burnett's story, mm. and you were saying how you you weren't too I don't, in love I, with it. I wasn't in love with that book, but I think her other book I would have enjoyed right. more. Yeah, because her other book was about her more instead of the show. Right. And I was like, I already know everything about this show. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. He goes through at one point. My favorite part. Um, he goes through the years that he's been alive. Mm-hmm. So he was like over the almost nine decades that I've been here. Um, I've seen a lot of things. He lived through the Great Depression, mm. the World World War Two, mm. the other wars, Vietnam yeah. and Korean. Mm-hmm. He has seen Nixon in office, and he saw Obama in office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's he saw forty five. <laughs> he's, he saw a lot of presidents. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God. And he, oh, and he goes through. The funny thing is, is that he goes through and he gives them grades. Really? Yeah. So he oh, was like, wow. he was like Adolf Hitler wrote a his uh, what is it called? What is it called? Um, the manifesto. Manifesto. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, he wrote he wrote and he published his manifesto. Uh huh. And uh, he's like F. <laughs> 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 and he, oh, he goes comical. through and he says um john f kennedy he sat with martin luther king that's crazy i need to listen to this man's book you need to it is fascinating and that's what i don't know I, I'm, this is a tangent but i would rather listen to this man's book than listen to any young person's book right now for instance the one that came to my mind was you're sitting there talking about how Dick Van Dyke is very inspirational and his his autobiography is just truly amazing, making it tears. I just read Anna Kendrick's book. Hmm. And I literally finished it with nothing, with no emotion. Really? I was just like, okay, cool. You survived New York City. That was your that was the whole point of your book. 
and I'm no no shade, kind of shade. I mean, but, yeah, you're reading her a little bit. I mean, it's all tea though. Yeah, it's all tea. It's all tea. And Homegirl, I love her to death, and I will always support her, and I and I love her movies. But you haven't lived life. You yeah. are an actress in your twenties, thirties. You haven't lived life. You haven't. You're not able to grade a president. A, 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 decade worth of presidents he said when he was born calvin coolidge was the president that's crazy you you know these young writers actors who turn writers they haven't lived enough yes i will say i loved amy polars and i loved tina fey's books because they yes they haven't lived forever they're middle-aged but they're middle-aged and they've been through the whole like some most stages of life i think the i think the thing that kind of hinders some people like Anna Kendrick's mm-hmm. book and um, probably a lot of the other younger generation actor yeah. books is that they aren't as open to share. Yes. So like when, when you were talking yes. about Amy Poehler's book, she was there. Yes. She was exposing mm-hmm. everything about herself, the, the good, the bad, and just the completely fucked up. More so than Tina Fey's. Tina Fey mm-hmm. was still very- Was still holding- Tight-knit. Yeah. Like in her, the information she was giving out. Yeah. And I mean, Dick Van Dyke doesn't like, he doesn't- deep dive into everything he says i mean he mentions that he battled with alcohol Mm -hmm. and he mentioned how he got through that but it's just it's one of those things where i think for anna kendrick she still has a lot of career moves to be making Mm -hmm. and if she puts out a tell-all book when she's however old she is 30 something that could be the kiss of death of her career yeah I mean, there are some people that don't have anything to lose. Exactly. And I feel like Anna Kendrick has a lot to lose if she puts something out there that people don't like. Completely agree. And that's why I think Mindy Kaling, when she writes her books, which I love, it's because they're, yes, they're autobiographical. I can't, I hate that word. Me too. Autobiographical. What is it? That's not right to me. That sounds right. (laughs) But it's, it's. It's auto. It's a memoir. It's not even a memoir. It's like. The reason why I didn't say autobiography. the genre i had memoir is because i had autobiography written and i was like i don't know if that's right autobiographical <laughs> there you go yes her mindy Kaling, she it's more of a comedy though each chapter is mm-hmm. about a segment of her life which she makes funny right that i think that's the difference between her books rather than someone like anna kendrick's was anna kendrick was telling me how she became an actress and, and what movie she's been in and what she's had to face as a child actor now right. now into a, a huge motion picture, Pitch Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, like cool girl. Cool. And I bet Lena Dunham's books are about her having a hit TV show on HBO, I guess. And the seen her little sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's <But> be real. <laughs> those aren't books I'm going to walk away with. Oh my God, my mind, my, my mind is blown. That you feel inspired to go do something. Yes. And I think that's the thing that's missing from autobiographies now mm-hmm. is that they don't leave you feeling like you can take on the world and you have this ability. You just have to make it. Even Carol Burnett's. Yes, I did not. It's not my favorite one. And it was mostly about the show, but it still inspired me to be creative and live yeah. life because she took a lot of risks that got her to where she she's at now. Yeah. And that's more meaningful to me than I am a scrappy little nobody. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. A, a scrappy little pretty nobody. Yes. No less. So mm. with Dick Van Dyke's book, it was, there was a lot in there. 
and there was a lot to just be proud of for somebody who is now he's going to be 92 Mm. and he's still hot yeah he's still an adorable man (laughs) i mean i would want him to be his grand so no lie when I was growing up, I would be babysat by my great grandma. Mm-hmm. And so I'd watch a lot of the black and white TV shows. And mm-hmm. my grandma, my dad's mom, her husband, my grandfather, would record I Love Lucy on VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. And so I always had, I grew up on I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke, Gilligan's Island, The Carol Burnett Show, mm-hmm. all of those old shows that some were in black and white and Andy Griffith. Ugh, my mom's your mother show. is obsessed. My dad would VHS record mm-hmm. those along with Rugrats. Yes. Um, <laughs> but like I grew up mm-hmm. on those black and white shows. I never knew until an embarrassingly old age that Dick Van Dyke wasn't in his like 30 year old Dick Van Dyke show glory, oh, dark hair. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like I did not know that he wasn't that tall yes. man that like could wear a suit and mm-hmm. would go to work. I didn't know. And I didn't know that Ricky was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like no lie. I just mm. I just didn't even know. Yes. I didn't know that Andy Griffith wasn't some like real tall hottie with a body. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Mm. And of course, being like, you know, seven years old, I wasn't thinking hottie with a body. Uh, that was with me with Larry Hagman with Dr. Magini. <laughs> I was all about Larry Hagman. But like, you probably didn't know why. You probably were just like, oh, he he looks like a, a handsome, good looking man. Yes. But you didn't have those feelings of like what we would feel. If, yes. You know, with. Not until I start watching Melrose Place at a very young age. I mean, that was wrong. <laughs> Our parents did a our, number on us. Thinking, I was like, why did our parents make us watch? They set us up for a life. I, I was watching Bewitched. I was watching Carol Burnett. I was watching all these older shows. And then I went straight to Melrose Place. Melrose Place. All of it. I just, why did it? My, that's why I don't like cartoons. <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, I didn't... Uh, I didn't realize that Dick Van Dyke was actually an old man until Mm. I was probably, like, 10. (laughs) Which is a very Uh. embarrassing age to Mm. figure out that black and white TV is not a thing. Yeah. Mm. My goodness. But, yeah, I don't know what the point of that was. There wasn't a point. It was good to talk about. It was just a little hashtag facts about Britney. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think we... Do you have any questions? I don't, because I feel like this was a very insightful episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, not only do we know more about ourselves, but we know more about each other, and our listeners probably know more about us. Yeah. I mean, you got an hour and six minutes of us so mm-hmm. far. It's going to be edited down, but you know. You know. But I just think we just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, this, that was a high five. <laughs> And Thanksgiving is coming up. Yes. We get to spend family time. Yes. Have turkey. I hate turkey. Have mashed potatoes. See, I like turkey. I like cranberry in my turkey. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. If the turkey's not dry and it has cranberry mixed in with gravy Mm -hmm. and with mashed potatoes, gobble, gobble, I will eat that up. My dad used to make two turkeys. One with hot sauce. He he would dip he would he would cook the turkey in hot sauce oh. in a fryer. <sighs> yes. 
What? And then the other turkey was like, I think my Normal. redneck family was like beer. You put a beer can in it and... It explodes? Yeah. It's redneck. But I was more focused on the hot sauce turkey. Oh, hell yeah. Anyone that's not uh, focused on the hot sauce turkey needs their hot sauce meter checked. Yes. He just cooked it in a fryer with hot sauce and, of course, the oils and stuff, but... Did so, you see me drool? I, I think I did. Yeah. I think I did. It went down there. <laughs> you were like... <laughs> I sucked it back up. <laughs> uh, so I enjoy Thanksgiving. Yeah, it is really good. And I also hate when people rush Thanksgiving. Yeah, right? Like, it is not Christmas time, people. Lights on the Bay does not have to be happening right now. Exactly. Why are we rushing a family holiday? And then they want a bitch that Black Friday takes over Thanksgiving. Don't you bitch. Oh, you also want to know what they bitch about? They bitch about children not having family time when you assholes rushing Christmas. That's true. And then as soon as it's Christmas time is over, it's bikinis are out. Bikinis. I mean, come on, people. We I need, am tired of it. We need family dinner. We need family dinner. We need family sitting down, looking at the Black Friday magazines together. That's a tradition of mine. Oh, yep, ours too. Uh, and you just need family time, and yet you're rushing it. And then you want to be like, don't tell people not to rush Thanksgiving. Let people be themselves. No, because you're ruining this world. Yeah, you're ruining the spirit of Thanksgiving and I, effectively Christmas. We need to make Thanksgiving songs. Yes. You're the one with the ukulele. Not with me. We need to come up with some Thanksgiving we songs. Think, we need to think of some. What rhymes with turkey? Jerky. Wrap your turkey in some jerky and you'll have tofurkey. Ooh. Ew. Cook some turkey. Don't rush Thanksgiving. You're a jerky. Without a turkey. You know, Sean, Sean listens to, like, Eminem and stuff. Maybe he can help. Breasts? <laughs> Turkey breasts. <laughs> Turkey breasts. Mashed potatoes. Cranberry. In my pocket. Sweet potato casserole. Green bean. And some of those onion straws on Ooh, top of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is that one song that, that the video, the viral video of that woman rapping or... You got green beans, lettuce, tomatoes, oh, jam, yes. ma'am, thank you, ma'am, or whatever she says. Yeah. I love that woman. <laughs> that is so good. She <laughs> is everything. She needs to be played at Thanksgiving all yes. the time. Oh, man. That was so good. Well, oh. I think we have overstayed <laughs> our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, a little bit. But I, it was necessary. It was necessary. And I need a nap because I, I was just thinking, that. thinking about all this turkey. I'm tired. Mm. Oh. Well, we hope you have a great and wonderful Thanksgiving this season. And please enjoy this episode with your family and friends. Mm-hmm. This is a family-friendly program on Mondays. And we're very thankful for you for joining with us. Yeah. And subscribing to mm-hmm. us on iTunes Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play Music, and YouTube. Yes, we will... Have lots of things on YouTube, and hopefully soon we can do a face reveal. Ooh, a face reveal. We're getting the the recording studio yeah, set up. The lights. We got lights now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's coming along. It's coming along. And we're thankful for everyone who stuck with us for this long. Yeah. I mean, really, the real heroes are you. Mm-hmm. For following us on Twitter at Audio Shelf Me. Yes. And liking us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's, ugh. Mm-hmm. 
it's been fantastic and it's been something that I'm that I'm really happy about and since we featured two books in today's episode mm. you better head over to the website audioshelf.me click on the affiliate link type in your little details for the 30-day free trial of audible and get two free books you can get Simon vs. the Homo Sapien Agenda and Keep Moving. Oh, you can that was two great books right there. They're books that will inspire you to be a better person, and I think you'll be surprised by the results. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Gobble gobble. We should have said bye in Turkey. Oh, you want to say bye in Turkey? Gobble gobble bye. <laughs> <laughs> This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. Gobble, gobble. Now, Simon is actually blink. Gobble, gobble. Which is mm. the A in all the, the letters now. L-G-B-T-A-P-Q- Exclamation part. Gobble, gobble. She's the A in the LGBTQAPQ. Exclamation plus. point. Plus. <laughs> gobble, gobble. She was on the shit. <laughs> gobble, gobble. <laughs> Delete that part.